continuing part two of the rapture series. Pre-trib, why we believe, or why I believe, the Bible teaches rapture before tribulation. This was a paper written by Thomas Vice of Liberty University. I pray that you and hope you did listen to episode one. I will not refer any more to it. I will continue to go on. If not, please go back and listen to episode one. As we're talking about parsing <clears throat> the pre-trib belief, mid-trib and post-trib of when the church is raptured and what parts of that is referring directly to Israel and what parts are referring to the Gentile church, the Gentile believers, the number which no one can count. Understanding the 144,000, understanding how God keeps his covenant with Israel and numbers the amount in each tribe. He has done that throughout Jewish history of reserving for himself a remnant from the tribe to keep that line and that covenant and that promise. Even when Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls, restoring the walls of Jerusalem. Each tribe had a particular number that was set aside. You see that in Revelations with 144,000 from each of the tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel. God is faithful to his people to his creation, to his covenant, to his promise. And that promise first to the Hebrew people that would then encompass all nations of the world, innumerable to count. We're gonna continue now as we were concluding the last episode, understanding the difference between the rapture and the second coming the taking of the bride and then preparing the bride during that seven year period to come back to the earth and execute judgment on the earth with the Messiah. The Messiah first comes to take his bride, prepares his bride, then brings his bride back. A time interval is needed when understanding this. Matthew 25 verse 31. Christ actually sets up his throne on earth once again. Is that a problem? It's solved by taking in a pre-trip position, the gap of the seven years, a millennial reign. You can read about this in scripture, the duties and what you're going to be doing, working for the master and the kingdom under Christ. And then when the devil, the dragon, is released again for a period of time, it's powerful stuff. An interval is needed so that God's program for the church, a time when Jew and Gentile are united in one body, Ephesians 2 through 3, will not be commingled in any way with his unfinished and future plan for Israel during tribulation. Dr. Renald Showers notes that all that... Uh, all other views of the rapture have the church going through at least part of the 70th week, as talked about in Daniel, 
meaning that all of the views mix God's 70 weeks program for Israel and Jerusalem together with his program for the church. That's where they meet at the intersection, that fork in the road. A gap is needed in order for these two aspects of God's program to be harmonized without conflict. The pre-tribulational rapture of the church fulfills a biblical need to not only see a distinction between the translation of the church age saints at the rapture before the second coming, but also handles without difficulty the necessity of a time gap. The requirements of a seven-year gap of time as another plank to the likelihood that pre-tribulationalism best reflects the biblical viewpoint. The New Testament speaks of our Lord's return as imminent, meaning that it could happen at any moment. Other events may occur before an imminent event, but nothing else must take place before that happens. Imminency passages instruct believers to look, to watch, and to wait. For you know what? What? You know not the hour your master's coming to the house. To look, to watch, and to wait for his coming. It didn't say, the people that are not a part of the master's house. Ah, be careful, Matthew 24. You know what time your master's coming. That's you and I as believers, not the judgment of the world. You and I, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, Titus chapter 2, verse 13, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, and Jude. Jude 21, not the song. If either the appearance of the Antichrist, the abomination of desolation, or the unfolding of the tribulation must occur before the rapture, then a command to watch for Christ's coming would not be relevant. Oh, think about that. Only pre-tribulationalism teaches a truly imminent rapture, since it is the only view not requiring anything to happen before the rapture. As required by the above-mentioned passages, the New Testament indicates that the believer's hope is to look, watch, and wait for a person, and that is Yeshua. Jesus, the Messiah. Only pre-tribulationalism enables a believer to look for Christ, and yet at that same time, give full meaning of the second coming of the Messiah. Imminency is a strong argument for pre-trib rapture believers. It is imminent. You know not the hour your master is coming. That is not the second coming. That's the rapture. Make no doubt about it. The Bible teaches of the tribulation, the seven-year, 70th week of Daniel, is a time of preparation for Israel's restoration and regeneration. Give a building of the temple. They're already doing it. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29 through 30. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 4 through 11. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 22 through 44. And chapter 22, verse 13 through 22. Revelations chapter 3, verse 10. Notes of the tribulation will not be for the church, but for those who dwell upon the earth. Does it get any simpler than that? You have no idea. You think you're in a tribulation? It hasn't even commenced. Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. Revelation chapter 6, verse 10. Revelation chapter 8, verse 13. Revelation chapter 11, verse 10. 
in Revelation 13, verse 8, 12, and 14. And then Revelation 17, verse 2 and 8. As a time upon them for their rejection of Christ is his salvation. While the church will experience tribulation in a general sense during the present age, John 16, verse 33, what's been happening since Jesus was here, she has never mentioned the church as participating in Israel's time of trouble. A woman in time of trouble. Do not conflate the two parallel, and forgive me, but parallel brides in, in one sense. The Gentile believers in Israel. Pre-tribulationism gives the best answer to the biblical explanation of the fact that the church is never mentioned in passages that speak about tribulational events, while Israel is mentioned consistently throughout these passages. I think some of you just hate Jews and Israelis, but you want to completely eliminate the relevancy of the scripture that is that of which is which they are the foundation of as god is speaking maybe that's that anti-semitism which is anti-god by the way only pre-tribulationalism is able to give full biblical import to the new testament teaching that the church differs significantly from israel no doubt the church is said to be a mystery, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 to 13, by which Jews and Gentiles are now united into one body in Christ, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 22. This explains why the church's translation to heaven is never mentioned in an Old Testament passage. That deals with the second coming after the tribulation and why the church has promised deliverance from the time of God's wrath during the tribulation, First Thessalonians. Verse uh, chapter 1, verse 9 through 10, chapter 5, verse 9, and Revelations 3 again, verse 10. The church alone has the promise that all believers will be taken to the Father's house in heaven. John 14, verse 1 through 3, at that translation. And not to the earth as other views would demand. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 through 12 discusses a man of lawlessness being held back until a later time. God's holding it back, guys. Interpreting the restrainer of evil. Two, chapter two, verse six in, Thess in Second Thessalonians. As the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit at work through the body of Christ on the current age supports that the pre-tribulational interpretation since the lawless one, the beast or antichrist, cannot be revealed until the restrainer, the Holy Spirit is taken away. Well, the Holy Spirit is taken away, then you are. Holy Spirit was sent here for you. When that's lifted, <laughs> you're lifted. You're lifted with it. The tribulation cannot occur until the church is removed. Go back to the reason why Jesus left in order for the Holy Spirit to come. When the Holy Spirit is lifted, you are lifted with it. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? Like all aspects of biblical doctrine, teaching on the rapture has a practical dimension. The fact that the glorified Holy Son of God could step through the door of heaven at any moment is intended by God to be the most pressing, incessant motivation for holy living and aggressive ministry. Not timid. Most of you are too timid, including missions, evangelism, sharing, preaching, teaching. And the greatest cure for lethargy and apathy is action. 
It should make a major difference in every Christian, how you live, every believer, every son and daughter of God, your priority and your goals. Yes, at any minute, your master could come and knock on your door. First to take his bride, not the earth's judgment, you. The scientists, the doctors, the politicians will all say it was a major alien abduction. Listen, he is an alien. He's not of this earth. <laughs> he made it. <laughs> this is going to be the greatest alien abduction in the history, and the world will be left wondering what the heck. Those who have an inkling will start to repent and come to God during this great time of tribulation. As John writes, everyone who has this hope has it fixed on him, purifies himself, just as he is pure. First John chapter 3, verse 3. Our rapture hope is said to urge a watchfulness for Christ himself. First Corinthians 15, verse 58. To encourage faithfulness is the church's leadership. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. To encourage patient waiting. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. To result in expectation and looking. Philippians 3, verse 20. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. To promote godly moderation. Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. To excite heavenly mindedness. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. To bring forth successful labor. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 19 through 20. To experience comfort. 1 Thessalonians 4, 18. To urge steadfastness. Stick to it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 through 2. 1 Timothy 6, verse 14. 1 Peter 5, verse 4. To infuse diligence and activity. 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 8. To promote mortification of the flesh, killing those things of the flesh. You know what those are. Smoking, drinking, sex, all of the things of the flesh. Colossians 3, verse 4 and 5. Titus chapter 2. Verse 12 through 13, to require soberness. First, clear thinking. Anything that messes up your clear thinking is drunkenness. It's not just about wine and beer. First Thessalonians 5, verse 6. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. To contribute to an abiding with Christ. That means sticking with it, staying to it. First John chapter 2, verse 28. And chapter 3, verse 2. To support patience under trial. James 5. 7, verse 8, and to enforce obedience, 2 Timothy 4, verse 1. You've got to ask yourself something. Are you in it for the long haul or not at all? Why are you following the Father? Why? Are you committed? Are you committed? Are you committed? That's what I want to know. That's what you need to ask yourself. Are you committed? Remember this. First John chapter five. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah is born of God. Is born of God. And everyone who loves the father loves his child. The begotten. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving the Father, Yehovah, carrying it out his codes, his commands, his mitzvah. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands. 
and his commandments are not hard, are not burdensome. They are not a burden. Yeshua, the Messiah, said, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. For everyone is born of God, overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Yeshua is the Messiah, the Messiah. Follow the Lord. Rejoice. For at any moment, he may come and snatch you up. Let him snatch you up, finding you busy about the kingdom.